It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I can already see it happening. There's rumblings out on the internet's world. There's media maybe perpetuating this. So let's let's just nip it all in the bud right now. Let's stop the conversation. Paolo Bacaro is running away with Rookie of the Year. There's no argument against him. I'm sorry. You want me to make the argument? Fine. You got the next 10 to get out. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 7th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R.R. underscore O-M-D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, there is rumblings. There are people trying to make the Rookie of the Year race a race. But guess what? Paolo Bancaro is like Max Verstappen. He is so far ahead of the field. You're playing for second place, everybody. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Look, I'm in the media. I, I, I get the game. I get kind of the whole gist of this. We get bored. It's true. Like, everyone gets bored. And we all need storylines. We all have pages to fill and, and time slots to hit. Sometimes we just need a talking point. And so, I am not wholly surprised that I saw a few articles start dotting the interwebs, including from my friends at Fansided, trying to maybe create a little tension in the Rookie of the Year race. Maybe trying to say, well, has Paolo Bancaro run away with this thing? Is he the Rookie of the Year? I certainly have seen some Sacramento Kings fans especially. Love you guys. You're our friends. The Tower Beam Alliance is still very strong. Try and say Keegan Murray is the Rookie of the Year. And look, Keegan Murray's had a fantastic year. Walker Kessler has had a fantastic year. Benedict Matherin has had a fantastic year. Jaden Ivey has had a fantastic year. This has been a better-than-expected rookie class, and that's even with Chet Holmgren missing the entire season, the number two overall pick. And Jabari Smith Jr., the number three overall pick, struggling a ton with the mess that is the Houston Rockets. But let's be 100% clear here. You don't need to tell me, you don't need me to tell you this because you're likely Magic fans. Paolo Bancaro is the Rookie of the Year. It would take a, a complete collapse for Paolo Bancaro to miss out on Rookie of the Year. It would take him just falling off the face of the earth 
to not be rookie of the year at this point. He's been averaging up around 19, 20 points per game the entire season. That's, again, something the Magic haven't seen in a very long time, but it's very rare for rookies to hit that mark. No rookies average, I think, 20 points per game uh, in, in a very long time since Blake since Blake Griffin. I mean, that, that's that's kind of the people we've been comparing Paolo to all year. We've been comparing him back to, to LeBron James in, in some instances. That is the company that Paolo Bancaro is keeping. He has more 20-point games this year than single-digit games this year. And look, I, I will agree with this. Rookie of the Year sometimes devolves into who scores the most. So, always about who scores the most. And certainly, because the best rookies tend to be on the worst teams, the, the, the race gets decided early. The media pays attention to the Rookie of the Year race till about mid-season, and they turn their focus to the MVP, to the, to the big-picture stuff. So, sometimes... Great late season runs or races that are actually are actually should be closer end up not being that close. Um, you know, case case in point, Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball a few years ago. I still think Lamelo Ball deserved Rookie of the Year that year, but Anthony Edwards had a very strong case as well. What I'm arguing here, and I think this is the most important thing, should not take away from what the other rookies in the league have done. Kings fans. Keegan Murray, I'm a Northwest. Keegan Murray is awesome. And has had a great season. He is a big part of why the Sacramento Kings are about to end that crazy long playoff drought. He has filled his role perfectly. But the argument a lot of Kings fans have been pushing or trying to push is that, and I don't mean to single you guys out. That's the one I saw, so I apologize. And, and, and look, Keegan Murray's in the running. It's not like Jalen Williams with Oklahoma, with Oklahoma City. Um, but they've been trying to say, I'd rather have a efficient score than a guy who's 20 points per game on a bad team. Well, first off, the Magic aren't a bad team. They've been over 500 now for uh, roughly the, first, the last half of the season, the last 41, the last 32, 33, 34, 35 games. There's something real about what the Magic are doing. And while Paolo Bancaro certainly looks like a rookie and has made rookie mistakes... The bottom line is this. Keegan Murray has Darren Fox and DeMontis Sabonis to draw attention away from him, which is great. That's You play your role. Paolo Bancaro is seeing double teams every night. Teams are scheming their defense to stop Paolo Bancaro. He is getting to the line at incredible rates. He is finding ways to beat those defenses. And yes, he goes through normal rookie struggles, but Paolo Bancaro has been playing on another level than almost any other rookie in the league. The only one I think that comes close is the only two that I think come close to dealing with the pressure that Paolo's dealt with is Jane Nivey, who's played without Kate Cunningham for most of the year, uh, and Benedict Matherin, who's coming off the bench. And ben, and by the way, I make that comparison. Bancaro is still scoring a whole lot more and doing a whole lot more than both of those guys. Let's take Bancaro Month Award as an example. Bancaro won February's Eastern Conference. Yeah. Despite how bad that month was, 16.6 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, 37.4% shooting, Bancaro still ranked second in scoring behind Malachi Branham of the San Antonio Spurs, playing in much more limited minutes and limited games, was still fourth in rebounding behind three traditional centers in Walker, Kessler, Jalen Duran, and Mark Williams. Yes, the shooting percentage was lower, but he is still heads and tails above his peers. 
And lest we forget, Bedcaro made a pretty strong statement this past week. 29 points against the New Orleans Pelicans, 31 against Charlotte, and then another big game, another 26 points against the Blazers on Sunday. Whatever rookie wall that Paolo Bancaro has hit, it sure feels like he is bulldozing his way through it at last and is looking to finish the season strong. A strong closing argument is unnecessary in this race. But it's still one he seemingly has to make. Look, the the individual award stuff is great. And and I think Magic fans, certainly Magic fans want the recognition. We haven't been on national TV all year. We have a really special young player. We believe that this this team has its future more set in in concrete than it has since Dwight Howard left. That's really exciting. And I think Magic fans certainly want to share that joy with everyone. We're hoping, I'm hoping that the Magic do get a national TV game uh, next year. Um, They deserve next year. But it's, uh, it's still an individual award. And really the focus is on continuing to develop your young players. I tell people this all the time. You don't draft a rookie to win rookie of the year. You don't draft a rookie for his rookie season. You draft him for five years down the road. And look, Jalen Suggs is a great example of this. He didn't have a great rookie year. He's really starting to find himself here in the second half of the season. You know, it's not a kid that, that the Magic should easily give up on. Paolo Baker is on the opposite end of the spectrum. For him, it's about figuring out how to be better than the good he already is. As I've said on this podcast a million times, rookies are bad. Rookies are almost always bad. They are terrible. They are not good at basketball. But Bancaro has been really good at things that rookies normally aren't good at. And like I said, the expectations, what the Magic are trying to get out of them is so different than any other rookie out there. And the fact that Bancaro has succeeded, the fact that Bancaro has thrived, It's reason enough to hand him the award now. We will celebrate that award at the end of the season because I think it's going to be a runaway race. Paolo Bancaro is your rookie of the year. So when other teams and other players and other people try to make arguments for it, tough luck. That race is over. Since we're talking rookie, let's look ahead a little bit to the NBA draft. We're going to talk about some players to watch as conference tournaments pick up this week. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through, uh, you know, we're just, we're still in the kind of the first part of the year. We're almost through the first quarter of the year, I suppose. I don't know how those, how, how that works. Those New Year's resolutions are still hanging above your head. They're still hanging over, over my head for sure. And so, if you're trying to eat a little healthier, Built Bar is the perfect snack to get you through your day. Healthy is actually tasty with Built Bar. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for those lingering resolutions. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, 100% real chocolate helps. All the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, and more. It's really amazing how Built Bar does it. I am not a protein bar person, but I find these bars to be absolutely delicious. 
They're really the, the 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 stats on them are incredible. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Replace a bag of chips with this, and you will be golden. And now you don't need to build to wait around to get a built to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, which of course you can still do. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. I even saw them at Publix the other day, so you could get them everywhere. It seems like. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. And grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Check them out today. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. This is a big week uh, in draft prep, at least for people who don't follow the draft so closely. And I will admit I am a little bit behind on some of my draft prep this this year uh, because I've been focused on the play-in tournament. But the Orlando Magic are in a really, really, really good spot for the draft. Um, I've gotten into this argument with some people already, and, and I'm just so kind of angry that this argument still exists. But there's still a contingent of fans who think the Magic either are tanking or should tank. And... and Look, the bottom line is the Magic are three and a half games, now three games out, actually, I believe. Um, they're, they're three to three and a half games out of the play-in tournament. While that is a big hill to climb with a lot of teams to climb over, that is not impossible. More importantly, they're closer to the play-in tournament than they are to the tanking group, the four teams at the bottom of the standings. The reality is the Magic are not going to get to the bottom four. They're not going to get top odds in the lottery. And, and while, yes, the uh, argument with tanking is you just maximize your odds no matter where they are, that's not healthy for this team. But having said that, the Magic still sit fifth in the lottery standing, so you get the best of both worlds, which gives them about a 10% chance of landing in the top four. And the Chicago Bulls are sixth. Uh, sixth or seventh right now. And that's important because the Magic get Chicago's pick if it's out. So maybe y'all should be cheering for Chicago to win a little bit more. I don't know what the balance is there. Orlando is in all likelihood, not for sure, but in all likelihood, looking at two top 10 picks in this year's draft. Now, whether the Magic keep both those picks, whether the Magic try and trade one of them or spin them both off to get a veteran player, that remains to be seen. But there are a lot of interesting players in this year's draft. This is this is going to be an interesting draft class. I don't think it's full. Outside of Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama, it, it may not have the super elite prospects, but there are going to be some solid role players. There are going to be some solid guys coming out of this draft and some really interesting talent that 
fits kind of the modern NBA. And there's a lot of guys that that the Magic would like. So, you know, there are kind of, obviously, the two categories. You take the best player available. You take the best fit. You know, certainly the Magic are getting to a point where they need to think a little bit more about fit um, and what what's going to help this roster take its next step. And obviously, the next big thing is shooting. And luckily, there are some shooters in this draft. While a lot of people are talking about Amin and Osar Thompson, they are playmakers and drivers and, and slashers. They are not necessarily shooters. They are extremely talented. They've been playing this year at Overtime Elite. I'm not saying pass on those guys because they are super-duper talented, especially with that first pick. Uh, but I, I think my eye has moved, on, moved to other players. The big name to watch, uh, especially as conference... Watch the Big 12 co- tournament this year. A, the Big 12 has been the best conference in, in all of college basketball this year. But there's going to be a lot of prospects coming from the Big 12. The first one to talk about is Baylor's Keontae George. Keontae George is a, six, is a 6'5", 6'6", wing a uh, really solid shooter, can shoot a little bit off the dribble, but I think at the NBA he projects to be kind of a 3 and D wing, or 3 and D wing plus. Like, uh, I don't think he's Macau Bridges good, but that's probably the best compar- best like kind of playing style comparison. He's going to spread the floor, he's going to hit shots, and you give him a lane, he's, he's going to know how to attack it. Uh, I've been impressed with Keontae George all season. Um, I've been kind of keeping my eye on him. He has been really solid. The big question has always been, does he show up to play in big games? And he's had some ge- good games against big teams. He's had some stinkers against big teams. So, to me, the big test for, for Keontae George, and that's going to either cement him as a potential top five pick or keep him in that 10 to, to, to late lottery range, is going to be how he performs in these pressure games. Can he lead Baylor deep into the Big 12 tournament? Can he have big games? And Baylor's a good team beyond him. Can he have big games beyond, uh, or have big games as they get deeper in the tournament? And obviously the NCAA tournament's going to be big for him too. Is kind of a showcase for what he can do on a big stage. Um, you, wanna, you want primetime players. I mean, it's not everything, obviously, but you want guys who can perform against good defenses. And that's kind of been the question with Keontae George throughout the year. And he's gotten better at it as the season's gone on. So I'm not, you know, dumping too much. Hopefully I'm not dumping too much shade on him. The other guy to keep an eye on is Kansas guard Grady Dick. Um, I know a lot of fans have been having fun with that, but Grady Dick is probably the best shooter in this draft. Um, that that kid, you know, comes off screens, hits shots, hits standstill shots. College basketball just doesn't know what to do with him. And he's had some big games where he just puts in a bunch of threes. His shooting form looks repeatable. looks like it'll extend out to the NBA three-point line. He looks like he has that range. Uh, he's... You know, I, I, I don't want to undersell his driving ability, but that's not what you're drafting him for. So I, I think I think you're drafting him for for the sta- for that standalone shooting uh, shooting skill. Um, I, I, a lot of again, he's a specialist, um, and you don't want to put him in that box because you don't know what else he can do. You don't know what else what else he can do. But he is he is a guy to keep an eye on because he's a guy that fits everything the Magic needs. The other guard I would keep an eye on is Nick Smith from Arkansas. He had uh, that whole Arkansas team has like two, has like two NBA prospects between Nick Smith uh, and, and I'm blanking on the other forward's name. There's another forward there, but Nick Smith is more of a three than a two. Uh, he had an injury earlier in the year, 
but a really dynamic guard. He can get dynamic wing. He can get to the basket. He can finish around the rim. Um, there's a lot to like uh, about him. Um, you know, again, just he, he's kind of been working himself, and now that he's looking healthier, he's starting to show why he was one of the top prospects in this draft. There are again a lot. A lot of people think that Brandon Miller from Alabama is a very magic type player. You know, six eight, six nine, big wing can play on the perimeter, can play in the post. Obviously, his off court issues are, you know, I, I, concerning. Probably isn't the right word because it does seem like he is cooperating with with the investigation that's going on. If you don't know, um, Brandon Miller had you know was driving uh, a teammate, had his gun in his car, drove the, drove the gun to his teammate, and then his teammate used that gun to uh, allegedly shoot uh, shoot two people. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really scary and, and terrifying thing. So far, Brandon Miller has not been charged with anything. The, Al- the Alabama authorities say there's nothing to charge him with, but you know, the, especially with what's going on with John Morant right now, those kind of associations really do kind of sting and really do kind of, uh, you know, are, are on front of mind. So you're, you're looking at potentially a very talented player who maybe the NBA doesn't care about these things. Maybe they do. You are looking at a potentially very talented player who could be the third pick, could be the fourth pick, that could drop. And, and, and you know, the Magic have a long history of not taking guys with, you know, quote unquote, character issues. You know, with these kind of with these kind of things in their background, they've got a long history of avoiding those kinds of players and people. Um, that's not to say Brandon Miller isn't a good person, isn't and, and just made an honest mistake or was purely ignorant to what was going to happen uh, when he deli- when he, you know, delivered a friend's gun back to him. Uh, but it, it's it's not a good situation. Um, still. Brandon Miller, the player, is very, very good. And, and when you watch Alabama, whether it's in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament, there's at least a half-decent chance Alabama ends up here in Orlando uh, for the NCAA tournament. Um, it's it, He is very good. He's very active. He does a lot of things NBA teams love from guys his size. It's going to be hard for any team to pass up on him on a talent basis. Uh, again, we'll see what the background checks come up with. We'll see wh- what team is comfortable with what's going on and and, and, and is satisfied that, that he's either served his penance or has done the things that he needs to do in response to it. But it, it's he's a very, very talented player. There's no denying that. We'll go deeper and deeper into the draft as we get closer to the draft, As once the lottery gets sorted out as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week during the NCAA tournament. Um, I'll keep, I'd will keep. i say also keep an eye on Indiana's, uh, tra- uh, I forget his first name, Trace Jackson. Um, Indiana could be a team that comes to Orlando as well uh, for the NCAA tournament. Um, so there's going to be a lot of interesting players, interesting storylines to follow as the college season ends and as we really, you know, kind of close the book on the playing data and look ahead to the NBA draft. We'll get to that plenty more in the coming months. When we come back, though, we will chat a little bit about tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get to that coming up here in just. But first, if my copy will load, I can tell you what my ad read's going to be. But first... A quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. We are past the midway point of the season, heading for home. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. 
Get those really good odds on Paolo Bancaro winning Rookie of the Year. I've already closed the book on that, so maybe FanDuel's close betting on that too because it's that obvious. You won't win a lot of money, but you will win some if you end up betting Paolo Bancaro for Rookie of the Year. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and LockedOn NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic close out or continue their home stand at the halfway point here against the Milwaukee Bucks. We saw Milwaukee last week. It did not turn out so hot. Milwaukee hit 26 threes. Giannis scored 31 points. And it was just uh look, the Magic didn't play poorly in that game. Um I, I, I we will I think we can all say that much. But yeah, it was not encouraging, especially considering how well the Magic could play defensively. There's a chance Wendell Carter doesn't play in this game, and that's gonna be really hard to deal with and, and make this game even more difficult. Um, yeah, look, the Magic should believe they can beat any team. They can beat any team, but to beat a team like Milwaukee, especially at this point in the season, is going to take a supremely good effort. And look, Orlando had a supremely good effort in that game last week uh, at Milwaukee. Their offense was humming. They were playing really well. They had turnovers at the wrong time that led to threes. They gave up a few too many offensive rebounds that led to threes. They just got blitzed by a team that just knows how to beat them. Um, you know, Orlando, Orlando, it, Orlando kind of, their defense bets on stopping the paint. And while I think they did a decent job on Giannis and keeping him out of the paint, um, Giannis was still able to get downhill, suck the defense in, and kick out the shooters. And Milwaukee made their threes in that game. And, and that's kind of the game that the Magic play. That's, that's the shot the Magic are going to give up. Is Milwaukee going to hit 26 threes again? Probably not. But like I said last week, the three-point math is still going to be tough. It's still, you know, Milwaukee averages, what, 14 threes a game. Orlando's around 11. It's very likely that Orlando could give up an 18 to 11 spread. And, and, and again, that's 27 points that you got to make up. Or not seven. That's 21 points that you got to make up. I can't add or multiply today. That's 21 points you got to make up. And, and that's the difficulty of the Magic's three-point math. The bottom line, and look, I think the Magic have been an improving and better three-point shooting team than they give credit, get credit for. The Magic simply do not take enough threes. And that's fine because that's how this team is built. But you look at other low-volume three-point shooting teams, the good ones at least, all shoot much better. Denver shoots about the same number of threes as Orlando. Orlando's around 33 pointers per game. Denver shoots about the same amount. They're making 13, 14 of them. Orlando's only making 10 or, 10 or 11. Maybe 12 if they're lucky. That three-point math is really difficult to overcome. The Magic do not shoot a high enough percentage to shoot the low volume that they shoot, but they're probably not skilled enough yet 
to shoot at a higher volume. That's what's working against this Magic team. That's what this Magic team is climbing uphill against, is they just don't take enough threes. Um, and look, I'm fine with that. This, this is, I think, the evolution of the Magic's offense. They're starting on the inside, working their way to the mid-range, and then kicking, and then working their way out to three. They're developing this offense in layers. They're working, they're letting their best players kind of cook, but obviously we all see it. We just talked about in the last segment, shooting is the big concern, is the prime thing that this team needs to add. And while, look, Jalen Suggs has been shooting very well from three. Cole Anthony has been shooting very well from three. The Magic have guys who are hitting threes. Franz Wagner is a very efficient three-point shooter. They have guys who are hitting threes, but they don't have a specialist that defenses are constantly worried about. And right now, defenses are happy to let Jalen Suggs shoot threes. They're happy to let Cole Anthony shoot threes. The Magic's three-point shooters just haven't established themselves enough to create gravity, to gain reputations as shooters. And that's, again, the struggle that we're going to see play out tonight against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's going to fire away. They're a high-volume three-point shooting team. They know that's their ticket in the playoffs. They're not... But... Orlando has to find a way to keep up. And, and, and that's always a struggle. Now, look, the way Orlando usually does that is they get to the foul line, they create some turnovers, they, they win the battle in the paint. That, at a certain level, that's not going to be enough. you got to be good at all three layers of this thing. And, you know, the Magic struggled with fouling on Sunday. This is going to be a really tough game. This is just a really tough matchup for Orlando. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on the Magic to win these final two games on the homestand, Utah and Miami, to... To, to A, have a even homestand before we go on the big West Coast trip. That's, you know, I don't think it's going to decide the season, but uh, a one and three road trip would be bad. Two and two road trip would be okay. Three and one road trip feels a little bit like a pipe dream. The Atlanta Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at seven at the Amway Center. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places in all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. You can find that on the Locked on NBA feed. Every one of our local analysts, We'll break down the big takeaway from every game around the NBA. It's like watching a full night of NBA basketball in 30 minutes. Check it out today, the Game to Game NBA podcast on the Locked On NBA feed on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you download podcasts. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is the last episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.